Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Today's episode of What Happened When Monday is brought to you by SaveCade.com. And Tony, I think you have outdone yourself. Uh, If you're listening to this and you haven't checked out SaveCade.com, you need to. Not just because we'll be able to save some money, but this video is off the damn rails. It's S-A-V-E-C-A-D-E. Tony, how in the world did you come up with this? This is proof that you take drugs. Maybe used to. I don't know if I do anymore, but but I do need to say that when I bring up SaveCade, there's a shot of me that looks awfully fat on there. I don't know how that came about. Maybe it's the way I look, but I do want to remind people that you can stop wrestling with debt, put your butt in the seat, fast and easy, no credit check to be a part of SaveCade.com, Conrad. Well, and what's funny is, you know, the site even says mortal combat, all of your debt, no more hard way or easy way, brother. Uh, maybe that old kitchen's gotta go. Maybe you're desperately out of time to pay your house off faster, but well, we want to let you know that you don't need good looking credit. Your credit doesn't have to look as good as the Z man did. And you can own a house with no money down, which is coincidentally how much money Evan courageous true. You can make this fast and easy. It can even be the greatest night in the history of our great sport. When you skip your next two house payments, and maybe you could even lower your monthly payments, which probably would have been helpful when WCW was taken over by Bill Watts and he cut your pay. Right, Tony? Yes. You can cut years off your loan, consolidate your debt. Stop making the minimum payments. Believe you me, that will get you behind and get a greater tax deduction. Conrad, it's all part of SaveK.com. And what I love about it is you can own your own home with no money down. My favorite thing about the thing though, is you fucking dancing and singing. I'm not making this up. Tony Schiavone dances and sings. You've got to see it. Even if you don't actually need a home loan or need to save money, you've got to see Tony singing and dancing at savecade.com. That's S A V E C A D E NMLS number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender. Ho-ho! 
host, hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? Wednesday on the MLW Radio Network. Unless you're on Patreon, and then it's Monday. But the only constant, Tony Schiavone. What's going on, con sir? How are you? Well, hey, it's not the only constant. You're kind of a constant too, aren't you? Constant pain in your ass. Yes, sir. I am damn straight. You are constant prick. Oh, that's hurtful. <laughs> really? No, not at all. <laughs> I yeah. knew that you hurt my feeling. You don't have a lot of them, but I got the one you hurt my feeling. Oh, where would that feeling be? Conrad, man, we are going off the deep end in the first 30 seconds of the show. Well, where would that feeling be? I'll show you at Starcast over Labor Day in <laughs> Chicago. I think it's available right now at starcast.com if you'd like to join us. Tony, we got our first yeah. week of Patreon under our belt. We covered Jim Crockett promotions last week. We're doing more Jim Crockett promotions this week. We did behind the scenes videos both weeks. More video content than ever. Are you settling into a new rhythm now? I, I think so. I, I, I want to even do more on Patreon now, Conrad. I, I think that, you know, we we offer them like one behind the scenes a week. And uh, I'd like to just continue to do more because I'm enjoying doing them. And I've got this nice little app on my iPad here called iMovie that enables me, if you'll recall, to dissolve between shots and fade out the black and put some video font, some Chiron up. It makes me feel like a makes me feel like a TV producer again. So I'm enjoying it. I really am. Well, we're having fun and we're loving covering Jim Crockett promotions. We're going to get to clash of the champions two today. And we're fired up about that. But first we do want to tell everybody about LoisRules.com and box Tony, tell them your favorite shirts over at LoisRules.com, And eventually what'll happen if you order a shirt. Eventually, first of all, what will happen is I will call you. And now that baseball season is here, uh, I'm very, very behind on my phone calls. I'm sorry, but I am making them. And now I've got to call some people who've been with us on Patreon as well. So I've got a lot of phone calls to make. And, of course, you know, we're going to start videotaping my phone calls to be able to be played back on Patreon if you're one of our patrons. Uh, My favorite shirt, I I really think my favorite shirt now is still Slapdick Nation. And it's one of the newer shirts, I know. But for some reason, I, I get the feeling that the people who follow us and follow what happened when Wednesday or Monday on Patreon are really, really into us and really loyal fans. And I feel that they are part of the quote unquote, quote, slap dick nation. So I like that shirt. That's my favorite shirt. Nothing wrong with a, uh, a uh, low key big hog, yeah. I guess, if you got one. Roll tight uh, on that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Tommy Young has been, you know, ultimately very popular. If I want, if I look at Bill's glass bottom boat ride tours, that, that brings me back to some great moments in my early days in wrestling. So a lot of favorites, but slap Nation is my favorites, Conrad. Well, I'm talking about box on my side. And I got to tell you my favorite thing that we're selling right now anywhere is a baby onesie that says low key, big hawk. I can't believe that's real. Around the office, I've already had a couple of guys go ahead and pick up low-key Big Hog coffee mugs, and that's a hit there. And I'm sure around the pool at the uh, Conradison, or maybe at your pool, you'll be able to find a low-key Big Hog beach towel, even a Bill's glass-bottom boat ride one. But my favorite, for sure, are the koozies, because they're the collapsible can koozies. You can get one that says Bill's glass-bottom boat ride or low-key Big Hog. And you've even seen me drinking out of a StarCast tumbler 
Well, we've got that for WHW too. So it's stainless steel, powder coated. It's awesome. Check out all the fine offerings over at boxagimmicks.com or lowestrules.com. And eventually, Tony's going to call and thank you. But maybe the cool thing is you'll get to see your call on video, which should be fun. I'm sure eventually, Tony, what's going to happen here is guys are going to start cutting promos and the calls are going to become events because they know that other people will see it. It won't just be between you and they're going to go ahead and put on a performance. I'm actually looking forward to that. You maybe not so much. Oh, I don't mind. I listened. Uh, if you'll recall, most of my, uh, my life was spent, uh, holding a microphone with people putting on performances, right? So I'm used to it. And I, I do want to add that I'm going to be holding the mic and letting you put on a performance at uh, StarCast as well. Absolutely. And we're going to see you put on a performance here in just a minute at Clash of the Champions too. I got to tell you, maybe the most controversial shirt we've got that you haven't mentioned is something you just freestyled a few weeks ago and now is a shirt. You can't fake hepatitis. Right. Can't believe that's the like- real thing. I'd like to apologize to uh, to all the people who have hepatitis. I'd like to also apologize to all the people who make T-shirts. And I'd like to apologize to all the people who ship T-shirts and uh, all the people who uh, silkscreen T-shirts. Uh, I don't know. Can I apologize to anybody else? Well, what no? I was thinking is what we could do is you could take the proceeds of this. You can't fake hepatitis shirt and you can just donate it directly to Noah Shivani. <laughs> That's what I plan to do. There you go. I, uh, see, you know, my dog Bug has canine hepatitis. Really? Yes, he does. So, how, how, uh, how did he get that? Did he love a dog that wasn't clean? No, I don't know. He may have. I, I, I no. We we took his nuts off when he was a baby. Um, I don't know. Maybe he drank some liquor with Lois or something. Hmm. He should have known better than that. I mean, we know where Lois has been. Hey, speaking of Lois, where is she right now? It's time to get her in here. Let's watch Clash of the Champions 2. All right, Lois, here we go. Another countdown, please. About if I do it in French. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Let me see. How how do you count? Um, I forgot how to count in French. Wait a minute. She's got two degrees, guys. (laughs) She's got, got, got some on her master's. I forgot the French. Uno, duo, uh, duo, trio. That's Latin. Okay. Um, <laughs> How about just a I don't know. Play? Okay, one, two, three. Play. Play. One of our great videos, not selling wrestling at all, but selling the beautiful Miami area. Well, there's a, a little sell of wrestling. Uh, Sting and Dusty Rhodes, Al Perez and Nikita Koloff. Wait for the boat, you bitches. And now, outside is Jim Ross. Go ahead, JR. All right, folks, we're outside of the James L. Knight Center here. We're expecting a horseman about any time now. Look at this old school limo. This is, of course, the best we can do here at old JCP. Let's see. Is the Nature Boy in there? Nature Boy, can we get a word? Can we get a word? Wait a minute. Hang on. That's not Nature Boy. That's, that's Lyle Alzado. And who is this? With? What the hell's going on? That's Francis Crockett. What are the, but where's the nature boy? Is that Bruce MacArthur? What, why is Bruce MacArthur? Where is the goddamn horseman? There's in my ear and told me it was a horseman. And they told me there was a steroid freak in the car. I thought it was Luger. Turns out it's Lyle Elzado. Francis Crockett. God damn. 
What are we going? What's going to take to get rid of her all that? Here we go. Here's the nature boy himself right here. What the fuck is that, Gary Juster? Gary, where are my goddamn comps? I got some Oklahoma Sooners down here selling cocaine. They got drafted, got booted off. Now they're pushing weight down here in Miami. Fuck it. Let's roll the tape. All right. Clash of the Champions, one of the great uh, promos. Uh, I mean, one of the great uh, video entrances. You know, if memory serves me correctly, Conrad, I think that JR was was kind of upset that night. I'm sure he was. He had to work with you. No, he wasn't doing commentary. I was with well, Bob Cottle. I'm sure he was upset about that. How about all these title belts in the opening? This is my favorite, you know, opening from this era, just because, as you know, I'm a belt nerd. And so many of those rolling through. That's good stuff. It is good stuff. We're at the James L. Knight Center in Miami, Florida. And, of course, only about, what, 2,500? Hi, I'm Tony Schiavone with one of the great porn mustaches of all time. And there I am with my good friend, Bob Cottle. Bob, is it true that you work for Jesse Helms? Yes, I did, Tony. I worked in the state capitol in Raleigh for Jesse Helms for many, many years. As you know, he was an ultra-right winger. And I think you would agree with me that right now the United States is going right straight to hell. I'm a proponent of the NRA. I like Donald Trump. But that's the way all us right-wingers do. And also, I've got a cue card here that I want to talk a little bit about. I'm glad to be working with well. I'm glad to be working with you too, Bob. And I know JR is very upset that he's not doing the commentary here to start out. Uh, and I understand why, because realistically, and I say this as a shoot, he is the best play-by-play guy out there. I'm just a gimmick. And Bob, you're just a gimmick too. I knew from watching you growing up that you were a gimmick as well. So what we got here, we got the fucking sheep herders wrestling. <laughs> the sheep herders. You think they're going to bleed tonight? I doubt if TBS will let them bleed because as we know, we work for a pussy company and a pussy cable system. So there'll be no blood tonight, even though the sheep herders can bleed. Uh, and it should be a great match going up against the Fantastics. There you see a slapdick behind me say NWA plus TBS equals action. Actually, in, in about 10 years, that's going to equal default on most of your loans. Let's go to the ring. That was so good. Well, let's see. Barry Wyndham is going to be a curtain jerker here, right? Well, listen, I don't think that being the the first match on a TV special like this is a bad deal. I think there is some, uh, something to be said about starting out hot. Now, how much soul glow does Brad Armstrong have in his hair right here? Yeah, he's, 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 uh, it's literally dripping off of him right now. Just let your soul glow. Yeah. Come on, hit us one, Tony. You're the singer. <laughs> Just get your soul. I can't get, I can't get that high. Just try soul it. glow. Yeah, baby. Oh, look, it's. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir, JJ. Rubbing your hands together. Yeah, Barry. Yeah, Barry. See, Barry can't look. Barry can't look. (laughs) Barry can't look at JJ. He'll fall asleep. Yeah. Four horsemen. Yeah, baby. Uh, Hey, this should be a good match, Conrad. Brad Armstrong was a hell of a worker, man. Uh, As they used to say, hell of a hand. A hell of a hand was Brad Armstrong. I hear Tommy. You know, second generation wrestler. Wait, we got to take a fucking break and talk about Haynes underwear. Son of a bitch. And I thought we were starting the show. We're taking a break already. Come on back with us, motherfuckers. But Three. at least you have a fucking ad, you know? I mean, like a real sponsor. It was rare for you yeah. guys back here. Uh, when we come back on Clash of the Champions, Brad Armstrong and Barry Windham and Jeff Carr will be jerking off in the back. Turner executive. So, uh, Jeff Carr, 
Why was he jerking off? Uh, he was a real big wrestling fan, uh, and uh, he was also – he really felt he ran things, but he was just like an assistant program director type dipshit. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, Teddy Long is your referee here, I do believe. Yes, he is. He's moved up in the two years. You know, last week we talked, and he was just carrying ring jackets to the back. Two years right. later, check him out, man. He's in the ring. Right. I think, I, I, you know, of course, I, I don't remember every move and every match, <laughs> as we well know. Uh, but I have I have a feeling this had a great chance to be a great, great starting match. Because, as you know, Brad Armstrong's dad was a fireman in Marietta and a former Marine. Uh-uh. My butt Back they go to the corner. That was my Gordon Soley impression. Uh-uh. So, um, chat me up here. Legit talk. Real talk here. Oh Who's got more soul glow in their hair, Brad Armstrong or Teddy Long? Uh, it's Brad Armstrong because he got got more hair, a lot more hair. I so. hear you, player. So, uh, Although- these boots here—I've always wanted to talk about these boots because Barry Windham had them, Dusty Rhodes had them, Dustin Rhodes had them. I believe Austin Hall was the maker. Did you ever hear the guys talk about uh, their boots? Yeah, Austin Hall was was the bootmaker. They talked about that a lot. Wouldn't you have in some of those boots that you have collected throughout your years have an Austin Hall tag on it somewhere? No, I don't have any Austin Hall boots. Oh, I guess I do. Yeah, um, you do. Yeah, I got those dusty ones, but I don't have like that, uh, like the flamboyant. I guess it's like a flying eagle style or something like that. Yeah, right, right. Well, anyway, uh what the heck we got here? Are they kissing? I think that was Beth Flair actually in the in the audience there. Whoa! Through the legs goes Brad Armstrong and a great hip toss down goes Barry Windham. Brad Armstrong way up high with a side headlock takeover and he's got Barry Windham down. Windham trying to get up. Teddy Long slides on that soul glue. Down to make the three count. Only got a two. Getting pumped up. Getting ready for another episode of Major League Wrestling Fusion. We'll be going to New York pretty soon during that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to you being there. Yeah, I am too, man. It's like a battle riot or something, I think you guys are calling it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they're gonna, there's going to be more than just our TV tapings. There's going to be some matches. Uh, you know, I... Uh, Look at the way Barry Windham just got out of the ring. You know, he is like six foot seven and moves like he's five foot seven sometimes. Just everything looks effortless and fluid. Well, if you go back and I know he became the world champion, the NWA world champion. Uh, and we talked about his title reign. We even saw him. Uh, we even saw him win it on one of our earlier editions, which by the way is in the archives. Uh, you know, he'd, uh, I never, I never thought he got his due. I mean, he could have been a guy that could have held on to the world title for a long time, but the unfortunate thing about Barry Windham was he was up and was wrestling uh, during the Ric Flair era, right? Yep. You know, but I think a lot of people think, excuse me here. He was at the height of his game in like 86 and here in 88, he's not that far removed from it, but by the time 93 rolled around, it didn't feel the same. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're exactly right. Uh, and, of course, he had turned heel on the American Dream Dusty Rhodes right before this time, and that's why he was a heel. And 
he was a great baby face, you know, America's, what were they called? The uh, American, what were they? He and Rotunda and the WWE, WWF called. Oh, man. The, U- um, the USA Express, the American Express. Right. They wrestled the first match ever on Saturday night's main event. Uh, anyway. Hey, I always like Miami. Miami's one of my favorite towns. Do you like Miami? I do like Miami, but I'm curious why it's your favorite town. I just, I just think it's, I think it's cool. It's hip. The weather's pleasant all the time. A lot of great restaurants, Starbucks on every corner. Uh, beautiful women. U.S. Express is the name you were looking for. You had it right. U.S. Express. Yeah. Again, beautiful women. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, you ever go to the, uh, the fountain blue down there? I never did go to the fountain blue, but I have had dinner, uh, on South beach. And that's a feast for the eyeballs. Woohoo! The is it um, ever the bar and the Fountain Blue is pretty legit. But I, I ate dinner yeah. at the restaurant down there several years ago, like right off the bar, and it was the first time I'd stayed there. And I was with some locals who I had been like long distance friends with, but I hadn't been like you know real life friends. You've had one of those before where you talk a lot online or on the phone or whatever, but when you actually go to their city for the first time. It's not exactly what everybody expects, maybe. Well, I guess they just thought I was a little more redneck than I really am. And I am redneck, Roll Tide. But they were, like, trying to talk to me like I was, I don't know, like slower and louder, (laughs) like I'm deaf and I don't know. And so anyway, the special that night was um, creamy polenta. And I just couldn't help myself, so I ordered the placenta. (laughs) <laughs> and I kept referring it to that, referring to it as that throughout the evening. And everyone like the waitress was very uncomfortable. It was a waiter. He was very uncomfortable. And anyway, wow. placenta. So no, so no sense of humor down there. Apparently. Well, I think they were like, you know, you're supposed to be stuffy or whatever. And right, I, I'm right. very much not that way. Like, yeah. You know, Hey man, yeah. I'm going to do me. If you want to, if you want to be buttoned up and wear a fucking tie to dinner on a Saturday night, that's on you. I ain't doing it. They kept saying, Conrad, would you like a sea breeze and stoli? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a sea breeze. That's got uh stoli vodka in it. Who the fuck Things drinks like- stoli? Is that a lowest drink? She drinks stoli. No, listen, Ric Flair, motherfucker, Does not- used to drink sea breeze and stolies all the time. No, a stoli, poured- a stoli sea breeze all the time. He- yes, he did back in the eighties. He poured them in plants. <laughs> okay. That's what he did. He ordered he ordered them then. Okay. Yeah, he ordered. He did them pour a lot of drinks in plants. He he ordered a bunch of them because Stoli's the cheap shit, and so you can have a big tray, and they're cheap, and you're mixing it with horse shit. It doesn't matter. Besides, before Rick hung off his drinking boots, did you know what his most recent kick was before he gave it up completely? Uh, no. So he would occasionally do the. Uh, he wouldn't just order Miller Lite. It would be a cold Miller Lite. Like all three oh. words had to touch. Or he would do um, vodka soda, vodka cranberry if he was on a health kick. But my favorite, <laughs> no, I'm serious. He's got a whole Lex Luger theory about the cranberry. He's like, you know, whatever the vodka does bad, the cranberry balances out because the cranberry is good for you. So you could take a little bad with a little good, and then it all cancels itself out. It's not nearly as bad. Trust me, my dad's a doctor. I know. And so then, you know, when it was really time to enjoy, he would get a glass of red wine, but here's the twist. He would fill the glass with ice. He would get ice all the way to the top and then pour 
like Mark West red wine over it. Which would water down the wine and it wouldn't be as, as bad for you. No, he just wanted it cold. He didn't want to drink room temperature shit. He wanted it cold. And people would look at him crazy because sometimes he'd order, de- you know, decent wine like La Crema or something, and he'd say, "Hey, um, in a cup of ice." And they would bring it like yeah. on the side, and he's like, "No, honey, fill the. I need a big old wine glass. Fill it full of ice all the way to the brim, and then pour that Mark West over it." Well, you know, we looked at Flair like he was crazy his entire career. So what else is new? And the fact is, if he thinks that cranberry uh, cancels out the vodka, and then cranberry awesome? juice. Yeah, then he's then he's finally working himself. No, yeah, he worked himself for a long time, but now he is, as the kids say, woke. Woke. So, yeah, he's woke. Are woke. you are, are, are you woke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I used to be drunk. Now I'm woke. Yeah. <laughs> good for him. Hey, we're talking over a pretty good match here uh, because well, Brad I, is a hell of a performer. I'm glad you know his you dad was a marine that. and a fireman in Marietta, by the way. Well, and he, uh, he would, he'd, he'd kind of move down in Boaz too. I actually yeah. saw his dad wrestle in Boaz several times. Did you really? Yeah. Old bullet Bob. Bullet Bob, man. Uh, probably about like, uh, 96, 97, 98 bullet Bob was still working, man. I bet he was man. And token that weed probably too. Do you have a bullet look, Bob look. impression? No, I don't. <laughs> How about old JJ pulling the one leg up on the outside? How about that? That cheating motherfucker. Yeah, no, 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 motherfucker. He wasn't cheating. Fans behind JJ right there. Well, how about the in, in how about these eighties haircuts we're seeing too? Dude, in the in the that dude, that dude's hard rock shirt looks like he's a fucking bass player for uh, Megadeth. <laughs> Look at him again, cranking on the hand. I feel like that's the way JJ used to have to try to pull Flair out of the bars. Come on, the police are coming. Come on. Yeah. That's probably right. Lyle Alzado was here that night. You know, we saw him get out of the limousine. Yeah. Uh, we saw Bruce MacArthur get out of the limousine. I thought it was really cool to see Francis Crockett get out of the limousine because, you know, Francis hired me, and that was my first step, my first step into the world that I am in now. What would be the rest of my life, basically? Meanwhile, Tony Schiavone and Bob Cottle and, and Jim, listen, I, I, I made fun of this at the beginning, but Jim was very upset because, you know, he thought he should be a play by play guy. And in reality, we've talked about this. He is the best one ever. And he probably sit down, motherfucker. I'm talking about Jim Ross. Motherfucking Scatman Crothers standing up when I'm talking. Anyway, so I was talking about how good he was doing, and he was very upset. And I think, if you'll recall, this may have been the last uh, big event that I kind of did a play-by-play for. So, how about that? I guess we should mention that the uh, Bruce MacArthur we're talking about here is the one who owns, like, the Blackhawks and all the sports teams in Chicago, the Chicago bigwig, not the serial killer in Toronto. Right, right. And uh, the Lex Luger, uh, I guess, contract signing that we had was on his boat, the Blackhawk, which was uh, docked uh, down in Boca Raton. So that's where we did all that from. And uh, anyway, he and Flair were buddies. They grew up together, I guess, uh, you know, rich kids. Uh, 
uh, and grew up, you know, sons of doctors and businessmen and, and all that. And, uh, they hung out together and Bruce was a great guy. We, Bruce was, Bruce was a guy that Arn Anderson called when Arn Anderson woke up in that, uh, in that hotel room in Chicago after he had passed out that night and David and I drunk his, uh, drug his drunk body to the room. Yeah. Why do they call it? Why do they call him the general? The general? Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a, uh, you know, general MacArthur, right? It was kind of a play on general. Mac- Are you familiar with the world war two history? Yeah. I just wanted you to okay. explain that because I know that we're going to refer to him as the general later. And a lot right. of our listeners were born in 2002. Yeah. And it was a, no, our listeners weren't born in 2002. A lot of our listeners went, grew up through the nineties. You fucking knucklehead. We got young listeners too, motherfucker. They like, well, I know we fucking cuss. do, but still, Hey, why don't you call the goddamn match? It's about to be fucking over. Okay. He missed an elbow. Oh, and the women stand up and they're cheering. Can Brad do it? At the right hand. He knocks him down at another row oh, to the gut. Red Armstrong. Can he do it? Can he come up with a high knee lift? Oh, that drop kick didn't look too fucking good to me, but he goes back at the point of attack again. Brad Armstrong may be close to winning the U S heavyweight championship here. There's his knee lift. There it is. Cover him. Cover him. Would you fuck him? He's going to lose this match, Conrad. If he keeps fucking around here, here he goes. Going up top. High risk maneuver. Long way to go. Oh, he got him. Cover him. One, two. We've got a new champion. We've got it. Fuck, it was only a two count. I'm going to try it again. Oh, again. Barry Windham rolls him up. Oh, he's got the claw. It's the claw. It's the claw that he got from his father, Blackjack Mulligan. He got it from Killer Kowalski, who got it from Baron Von Raschke, who got it from one of the uh, guys in Texas. What's his name? Quick, help me out. The Von Erichs. One, the Von Erichs, right? And that's it. He pins him with the three count. God, I thought Brad was going to win the match. And JJ comes in. Yep. (laughs) JJ needs to pull down that... uh, or button that top, man. His belly's showing here. Let me just tell you. That fucking finish sucks. It was a great yeah. match. Great open. I think the claw is the dumbest fucking move in the history of wrestling. Oh, I know. You and I have argued to that point before. You, We've argued. Winner, Barry Windham. How about the exclamation the Chiron point? says so. All right. So opening match had a potential to be very good, but not so much, right? No, I mean, listen, I like the match. I just didn't like the finish. The finish was, was pretty shit. You know what? Here's what sort of jumped out to me when I watched this, this week is the stark contrast between 86 and 88 in this promotion. It was like everything just, I mean, it was hitting in 86 and here in 88, it just feels off. Does it not? Well, we never, we didn't have a clash of the champions in 86, did we? No. Okay. Here's another thing. And I want I want everybody I want everybody to realize this. Write this down if you ever want to get into wrestling. Okay. <laughs> about Robert Gibson about busted his ass. <laughs> We're gonna get a, a promo here from the Rock and Roll Express. You want to do part and me do part? Okay. Yeah, I, I want to do. Okay, uh, brother. Uh, would Ricky? Would you get out my fucking way? I need to talk here. Here's the fact of the matter that I've got the biggest dick between us two. As a matter of fact, Bob, I got a bigger dick than most people, uh, and uh, that's why they call me Hoot. There you go. 
Turn your ass around, Ricky Morton. Go ahead. I'm turned around now. I'm sorry I had my back to the camera. I'm high on cocaine. Arn Anderson told me in the back there's a goddamn mountain missing in Peru because of all the blow we done did. But we are back here now. Now, we weren't gone for a drug suspension. We were gone because of child support. That shit will catch up with you in West Virginia, let me tell you, son. But I am moving. I am moving. And I am moving again. I'm not talking about in the ring. I'm talking about to dodge that goddamn child support. We're going to double drop kick them bitches. You hear me? You ain't getting none of this rock and roll money. Woo! There it is, Tony. The Rock and Roll Express. Boy, I wish I was young again getting all that young pussy that they got. Didn't you? Uh... Yeah, yeah, no, not not me, Bob, because I've been married too long and I don't get any pussy. But here's the tr- here's the fact is, if they could just take me with them sometime, I don't know. Let me smell their fingers. Oh my, <laughs> let's go. Oh my god. <laughs> <Let's> go. <laughs> god. <laughs> now we're going above the black uh, aboard the Black Hawk. Now let's talk about this. The Black Hawk yeah. sounds like it's a boat that's owned by Brazzers. It just does. Here comes Dog Fart Express, the the SS Dog Fart. The SS Black. This, the Black Hawk. This is the the Black Hawk. This is the Black Hawk Express. What the fuck is this thing? This oh, seriously, it feels like they're gonna load up Missy Hyatt and a few other girls, get out to sea, and then Flair's gonna drop the robe and be like, "Well, you know, roll time." Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he probably did. So this is the uh, this is the contract signing. I guess we had for Flair. But this is so uh, silly, man. They're like, this boat once had John Denver on it. That's a real fucking line. Really, Lady Bird and Lyndon B were on this boat, and now Lex Luger. What the oh, fuck all- is this? We always like to drop names, you know. We like to have the rub, and what's a bigger, what's a better rub than than Lady Bird Johnson? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we said this was a porn thing, and it almost sounded like you said Lady Boy Johnson. Uh, here we go, uh, the big gold belt propped up beautifully. Got a couple of mics on stands. Tell us who's on the left here, with seated with Lex Luger. We know who the players okay, that, on the right. That's are. Francis Crockett on the left. Behind her is Bruce MacArthur, and to his left, well, there, there's Jimmy Crockett. To his left with a gray beard is Elliot Murnick, who just recently passed away. Longtime Murnick family, Joe Murnick, his father. Uh, Elliot passed away. They were obviously uh, in working with the Crockett's for many years. Now they're signing this. And, uh, of uh, course, we, uh, you know, we did a little partying on there afterwards as well. How about that JCP Mike Cube? That's something. You know, I mean, I don't think I saw many of these before. I'm glad you guys uh, went to the extra expense. What are they signing right now? Is this like uh, a receipt for renting the boat? <laughs> what is this that they're signing? Do you think think Rick ever signed a receipt in his life? Wow. I I did see? actually see him sign receipts for several years. Did, yeah, he signed receipts, but when the credit card bill came in, nothing. Uh, that's just what I heard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh this is uh when they're doing this is pretty funny because when they did luger's promo part of it on closed captioning just says in parentheses indistinct <laughs> and then uh, when flair starts talking it says my big indistinct that actually needs to be a t-shirt over at loisrules.com my big indistinct you think we can make that happen whoa i didn't know i was on the fucking boat too <laughs> it's almost like Rod Serling, right? Well, you, you heard there was going to be uh, 
lady boys on here and fuck you are right aboard the dog fart express it's like the camera pans you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean there's a sign ahead it says turn right you're in the wrestling twilight zone bob coddle how excited were you to see that big black hawk well i, I tell you uh well i <laughs> again tony i just like to say only thing i need to do is smell some fingers and i'll be fine I wonder what Fra- what Francis Crockett thought of that big black hawk. <laughs> black saying, hawk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's named after the fucking hockey team. Yeah. Not black cock, black <laughs> hawk. But you're in West Palm Beach and you're talking to me about hockey in Chicago. Let's just call the boat what it is. What you said was the black hawk, which is what I'm uh, saying. I'm just saying that it is a big ship. So we're calling it the big black hawk, which is mm-hmm. what it is. Oh, her. All right, fans, well, now that we got the football player inside and I got all my boys from the Sooners situated, hmm, sassafras, we are anxiously awaiting the arrival of the nature boy. Now you just saw him sign his contract where he's going to be taking on Lex Luger at the great American bash, which is going to be later this month, uh, in Baltimore, uh, is the great American bash 1988. Here is here. It is. Okay. Now JJ's here. He's either here to tuck us in, put us to sleep or help the nature boy. There he is. Nature Boy himself. Nature Boy, would you come on my podcast? Can I get you to come on my podcast? It's the Ross Report on Westwood One. Nature Boy, are you going to acknowledge my presence? No, you're ignoring my texts in real life, and now you're ignoring me here on the promo as well. Nature Boy, can I get your take on signing a contract with Lex Luger? He was a four horseman. Now he's going to be challenging you for the world title. Well, JR, I'd just like to say that I understand that Beth Flair is in the audience. Who fucking let her in? What the flying fuck? We are going to take Beth Flair and make her security. If Doug Dellinger's not asleep like J.J. Dillon, throws her ass out. Because we got some fucking partying to do, my man. You understand? And if I'm pointing to you, that means you're buying the first round. Then I'm going to buy the next four, and then I'm not going to pay the bill. But that's the way life was. The camera's here. Okay. Woo! The Nature Boy, Rick Flair, we have signed the contract. Luger, you're a dead man. And the match is going to stop because of blood. And the promotion's going to die, too. Woo! All right, Sassafras, let's get to the ring where the fucking Bushwhackers are inside. How about the difference between these guys, huh? The the stark difference between the Fantastics right out of, of uh, Chippendales and the Bushwhackers right out of the fucking bush. Or, as they were known there, the Sheepherders. And here's what's ironic. You know, you said the sheep herders were right out of the bush. The Fantastics were too right out of some bush. Usually that was the case, wasn't it? You know, here's my thing on the Fantastics. I do think they're one of the most underrated tag teams ever, but by the time they were here, they did just feel like another tag team to me. That's because they followed the rock and roll express. That's right. And, and I feel like it was almost a race between the rock and roll express, the midnight express and the Fantastics. In my opinion, Three almost equally good teams, but there had to be one odd man out. And unfortunately it was the Fantastics. Yeah, I agree with that. And of course, uh, I guess Tommy Rogers has, uh, passed away a number of years ago. Still see Bobby Fulton had a lot of, of signings. Uh, he's as big a meathead as he always was. Love Bobby, but a meathead, nothing wrong with being a meathead. Uh, the, and, uh, t- tell, me, tell me what you mean. Meathead. Well, wait a minute. Got to go back outside. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming back outside. Of course, I'm not excited to be here because I have no fucking idea what's going on on the inside. Old Tony Schiavone has stole my job. I'm sending his ass to New York. Now, that sounds like a good idea to me, but about a year from now, that motherfucker's going to be at WrestleMania, and I'm going to be down here with this RoboCop bullshit. All right, let's see. All right, here we go. Total power. Motherfucker, they're attacking Ric Flair. I mean, they're attacking attacking the Lugar. They're attacking the Lugar. And they're going to yank off his shit. What are they trying to do here? Oh, I don't remember this angle. This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. And not only that, does he? What color underwear does he have on? I guess we're going to find out, aren't we? So hey, real talk here. Apparently, uh, Luger was not sure that he could do it. So you're going to see JJ Dillon's cutting him right now. Yes, he is. And this was, I believe, Luger's first blood that he got in the promotion yeah. for us. It was his first time doing it, and uh, he felt more comfortable if JJ would just do it for him. So he just had him hold still and did it. And they told him to like drink some coffee before and uh, really get the blood going. The old flare trick and Flair's really kicking that fucker. Cause he knew there were tight, uh, shots there and the blood is all over the shirt, all over the forehead. It's a nice angle. It's a nice scene. It is old school horseman, but it does feel a little weird. I mean, this is probably the first time we saw this promotion do these limo shots. That's our fucking third one. And we're only like a half hour into the show. Yep. Good old school stuff. And unfortunately we're going to fuck this up. Uh, with with a match, I want to go back and 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 talk about something I, that we uh, got interrupted here a little bit. You said, "Why does the promotion not feel as cool as it felt in 1986?" Right. And I said, "There was no clash of champions in 1986." I firmly believe that showing too many main event type matches on television exposes your business. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Because you want to see, let's say you want to see the sheep herders or you want to see, you'd love to see Brad Armstrong wrestle Barry Wyndham and they do all these great angles. They never touch each other. Then when you go see them, eh, it may not be as good as what you thought it would be. So I think by showing main event matches and those main event matches, not being as good as you anticipated them being on TV where everyone sees them, Hurts your business. I, I often thought that. And I understand we're a TV business now. But uh, I, I, I was really against main event matches on TV. And now thank to, thanks to the Clash of the Champions. 1986, we would have never shown matches like this on TV. Never. Well, what's fun to me is um, just observe, sort of people watching, whether it's the wrestlers or the people in the crowd, like he talked about a minute ago. Because we get lots of reaction shots here, which makes me think that there may have been some extra production people here from a standard television show, just because there, there are so many cutaway crowd shots like this. Is that fair to say? Well, here's what this was about. Tommy Edwards was big into that. And, uh, before we ever, before Jim Crockett put his, uh, show on TBS, uh, Tommy Edwards was never our director. We started going to TBS. Tommy became the director and Tommy loved cutaway shots, crowd shots, to the point to where Jimmy got pissed off at him a lot. And even Flair would say, keep the camera. Remember some of those promos and on the old studios keep, said, keep the camera on me? Flair would, would get pissed off at Tommy Edwards, too. Tommy Edwards went on to have a pretty good career at the ESPN, but he thought the cutaway shots helped show the excitement. And you know what? He was right. 
We didn't think so back then because we were a, a wrestling arena company. But Tommy was right. It did help show the excitement. So you're going to see a lot more cutaway shots here in the Clash of the Champions that you would normally see, uh, not see anywhere else. Well, what I was uh, alluding to there is one of the things I found interesting is you do some cutaways to some signs and there was, um, it's like the, uh, the, one of the, I don't know, maybe the most primitive sign ever. We just saw it's a white sign with yeah. uh, a black marker and it said, New Zealand Z E L A N D thumbs with a, with a thumbs down drawn almost right. like it was a Yelp review and then uh USA thumbs up. Like it was a Facebook like. And I don't know why, but that tickled me. Yeah. Well, it's it's before the signs, man. Can you imagine? And, and listen, I, I know the sheep herders were Billy badass, but I don't think when I was, if, if I was to really look at this and see these two teams for what they are here in June of 88, that I would have thought, um, these dudes in, in fatigues are going to go make much more money than the other guys. Yeah. How about it? I wouldn't have, I would have never guessed the sheep herders were going to go on to make more money and have more success in the wrestling business than the fantastics. Some people will take issue with that because they'll say, Oh, Tommy Rogers and Bobby Fulton are much better wrestlers. Not arguing that, but venturing a guess the bushwhackers being on the road for Vince, they probably made more money. Oh, there's no question. You know, uh, Luke Williams still wrestles today. Part-time. How old do you think he is now? I don't, have to Google, put that in your Google machine, but he is kind of like semi-retired and still, still active. Do you want to guess? Uh, he's probably, he's probably pushing 70, 71. Yeah. You want to guess how old Butch Miller is? Uh, Butch is probably like 75, 76, 73. He'll be 74 this year. Okay. Did they ever get into the hall, the hall of fame? They did just a couple of years ago. It was a rare situation where, um, Vince allowed, somebody who needed a cane to come up there. Of course, Butch Miller is using is walking with the uh, help of a cane. And that's not normally something that you see on a hall of fame stage. I don't know that anyone wow. talks about that, but that's reality. Well, good. I'm glad they made it to the hall of fame because I loved them. Absolutely. Not only that, they were good guys. They were just good guys. I've been told, loved talking to the bushwhackers. I've been told that both of them are funny motherfuckers. Yes, they are. Absolutely. I've told you that story about him, uh, Luke, uh, Luke Williams spitting in the crowd, haven't I? In Charlotte, it's raining. Have I told that story on, on, our, on these podcasts? Maybe so. Yeah, where he would go, it's raining, mate, it's raining. And, of course, he only had like one tooth in his head. And he used to be able to blow his spittle out to where it would, it would be like, a, it would be like a, a drizzling shower. And it would get everybody on the front row. And he kept doing that. He kept doing that. And finally, he blew one time, and a big thing of snot came out of his nose and went down onto the mat. And I was doing the ring announce, and he was trying now to get that snot off his nose, and he was fighting with a stream of snot from his nose to the mat. Wow. And uh, and that's just him being Luke. Once he saw that he was hooked onto the mat with a stream of snot, he was going to fight it off. He wasn't going to just wipe it off and go on about his business. He was going to make a bigger deal out of it. I mean, that's so. what you're supposed to do as a wrestler, right? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know, there's always like, uh, I, I didn't see that much snot fly. Not like that. No, I didn't mean that. I just meant in terms of you take something that's, that could be no big deal and you turn it into something bigger. Yeah. Well, he did. 
Absolutely did. Loved Miami. Loved the fans. You know, we uh, we had a show at the Miami Beach Convention Center. Hunk, hunk, hunk. Hello, young lady. We had a, uh, a show at the Miami Beach Convention Center years ago, too. And that's, of course, where Jackie Gleason became famous. So a lot of history there. And uh, I told Lois, I said, you know, uh, I'm going to end up moving to Miami in my my uh, my older years, which are coming up rapidly. I was fixing to say, I mean, how much older are we fucking waiting, dude? You're 60. <laughs> well, OK. In another 13 years, I'll be I'll be uh, Butch's age. So there. 13 years, a long time. You really think you want to live with Lois 13 more years? No, I didn't say I wanted to live with her down in Miami. I said I was going to live in Miami. Oh, we're going to get Medusa down there? Well, we down where? Right. You down know there. where. Yeah, you <laughs> hey, um, hypothetically speaking, you're on a boat. God. There's a bad storm. You're on the, you're on the, the big black clock express. And yeah it's bad and you've only got two life vests and you put one on yourself but you've only got one remaining and both francine and medusa are on the boat you've got to choose one who gets the life jacket well unfortunately it's going to go on bug my dog because he's with me everywhere i go and he's going to survive and they don't i love francine i love medusa but bug is going to survive. You're saving a dog with hepatitis. Yeah. I have it on good authority. Medusa does not have hepatitis. <laughs> really? Yeah. Can I ask you where you have that authority from? By the way, did you know where the James L. Knight Center in Miami, Florida? By the way, did you know that that's basically a concert hall and that there's a stage back here and the seating is just sort of shadowed in? I looked it up online. Capacity is about 4,500. Right. And, and I think uh, we were only half full that night. Yeah, you can tell from the way it's lit, but either way, I did think this was like, I don't know, like a small arena show, and it's really more like a concert hall of sorts. I think also, if I'm right, uh, the Miami Hurricanes played some basketball there, too. Uh, and when they uh, brought their their basketball program back, uh, and, and of course, that's just, that may, that may not be right, I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, Hot yeah, so the... So so the so the dog makes it the women don't and where did you have on good authority that medusa doesn't have hepatitis well it doesn't matter now you picked a hepatitis ridden dog <laughs> did i tell you i love francine too did i ever let you know that uh, and I, i've never met her i've never met francine but i just absolutely love her i'm gonna fix that one day your doorbell's gonna ring <laughs> <laughs> One day my doorbell's going to ring. One one day, one day, you and Lois are going to be sitting on the couch, and you're going to hear "ding dong," and you know Lois ain't getting excited about no "ding dong," so you're going to go check it out. Yeah. And when you when when you swing that door open, you're going to have a little hardcore surprise. Wow. Is that coming up this week? Maybe. No, you got fucking baseball. You can't do that. <laughs> I'll take a day off if I know somebody's going to oh, show up at my you know door. What we need to do on Patreon. We need to have you and, and the Queen of Extreme FaceTime, so y'all can have your first video interaction with each other. Now I'm going to need you to promise that you'll keep your damn shirt on. 
Oh, listen, I will. Look, I'm I'm an old I'm sixty years old. Francine, you I'm don't have old. to make that promise. If you want to take your shirt off, that's actually good for business. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Patreon exclusive. Not promising that Francine's taking her shirt off, but promising that Tony won't. Yeah. Yeah, I I I, I don't. I I as <clears throat> I Hey, hypothetically, I don't, but- do you think Bug got hepatitis because the bushwhackers licked him? <laughs> You know, it's a wonder that uh, there wasn't more hepatitis in wrestling. I mean, listen, the bushwhackers or the sheep herders prior to that did a lot of blade jobs back in their days, man. man. Isn't it crazy to think about just how commonplace, you know, the bloodletting was and now, you know, knowing what we know now, by the way, you were right. There's only 2,400 people here. The show drew a 4.8 rating on television. Yeah. I like this move. They did this before splash another guy up splash another guy up. This was, this was very inventive, very creative on behalf of, of the, uh, of the U S champs. By the way, those belts, uh, have been sold to private collectors many years ago and were two of my favorites. I love the red straps. I thought, I think that's super cool. Yeah. The red straps in the USA colored in red, white, and blue was it was a very colorful. It really popped. It stood out. I mean, if you're not going to have these guys walking around like jackoffs licking children, and you're not going to have them pouring blood out of their forehead, what are we doing with them here? I know exactly. You got to lick children like a bunch of jackoffs, or you got to you got a blade. By the way, in hindsight, we talked about how blading doesn't age well. Man, running around licking kids does not age well. No, it doesn't. It's you know, what's fact, funny it's is not aged at all at the time. It didn't even cross my mind that that was fucking weird or inappropriate. Like not even a little bit. I probably not yours either. Right? Well, no, because it was just the sheep herders, right? I mean, they were weird anyway. So you thought, yeah, those weird motherfuckers. That's what you do when you're weird. Well, Klondike bill was weird. Tell me he wasn't running around licking kids. No. See, that's what I'm saying. Like. It's just weird because I don't mean, I don't really know Butch and Luke, but that didn't even strike me as weird back then. But now if there was a gimmick where on Monday night, raw guys walk into the ring and he just pulls over to the side instead of tagging fans, he's just like, give me that baby. I'm gonna lick it. He'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, my kid I would love to see that now. <laughs> that might, <laughs> that might help fucking ratings. <laughs> I dare them to do it on the first show on Fox. Can you imagine? Lick a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I dare them. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, guys. Lick that baby. We're on Fox now. Billions of dollars. Lick. Good job. Get back in the ring. Lick that baby. <laughs> Lick that baby. <laughs> Lick that baby. <laughs> That's going to be a fucking shirt, too. We're cranking no, out a lot of shirts. No, it's not either. We ain't selling that fucking shirt. Well, here's the deal. You don't know what we're talking about. Like, what if Francine <laughs> said, hey, I can't do a Philly accent. I was going to try. <laughs> Imagine someone from Huntsville, Alabama, not being able to do a Philly accent. No, I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking hillbilly. I can't do it. Man, oh, man. He, he nailed that some bitch with that chair. Holy <laughs> well, shit. It was, it's not one of your folding chairs that you normally have, no, right? And that was full speed right in the fucking back. 
Yes, it was. Those things are very, very heavy, man. And those things get moving through the air. They're going to connect with something. How about the, the biggest dude in the fucking involved in the match is on the outside waving a flag instead of wrestling. Right. That is, uh, that's well, that wasn't Jack victory. Was it? Who was that? I don't Who think. was their flag bearer at that time? I don't think that's Jack victory. Is that, is that rip Morgan rip Morgan or rip something? The proud Americans, the the fantastics, they're proud Americans. Like, <laughs> well, the great one. I don't know why that's funny to me. The proud Americans, the proud Americans, not just Americans. We're proud. Rip, Rip Morgan is the name that you look for. Yeah. The proud Americans. <laughs> so I guess it's, uh, it's worth mentioning here that, um, when they leave here, they're going to be uh, on their way, of course, to the WWF. They start in December of 1988. This, of course, is June. So they're only going to be here a few more months. I think Clash of the Champions 3 might be one of their last major shots. That's in September. Why, why did... Uh, I, I often wondered why Vince renamed them the Bushwhackers instead of the Sheep Herders. He probably wanted to own it. Yeah, that that's probably right. And in reality, that's what they're known more now as the bushwhackers than they are the sheep herders. Oh, of course. I mean, I'm sure he wanted to own it because he sort of changed everybody's gimmick. But I'm sure he also probably wanted to not have any sort of uh, animal associated with it. Right. Not necessarily like Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm saying like. Right. Like a sheep. Right. Instead, so instead of that, it, let's go with bushwhackers and then give them, cause you know, his dad was really big into like the different nationalities. So, you know, he had Pedro and he had Bruno. And so he wanted like one of everybody. And so this gave him somebody from the down under mate. Oh, yay. And then he gave them that walk that they did pumping their arms, which became a hell of a gimmick. Oh, it's stupid as it was, man. That shit was over. I, yes, I, it was, I guess, you know. This is really a testament to me because I think a lot of, you know, a lot of fans, especially a few years after this, you know, when ECW started to blow up, when guys would get a big sort of underground following and then as maybe hardcore wrestlers, and then they would go to the bigger companies, people would say, oh, you sold out. But sometimes, you know, you do much better that way. Like I think people could point it like the Sandman, Sandman and ECW, badass, hardcore hack in WCW. Wah, 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 wah. Right but here, the sheep herders are pretty good. The bushwhackers printing money. So it may not, <laughs> right. have, may not have been as, as cool critically. I mean, there's no bloodbaths in the WWF with the bushwhackers, but holy shit, they were printing money. Right. And the fans are getting in with this match as well, too. Well, it's probably because a, a, a chair just shot into the fucking crowd. And they're all worried about their lives. How about Bobby Fulton, man? He's moving, yes, he's moving like a cruiserweight. I know he is. Not a cruiserweight now, though, is he? He's probably one Bobby. of the one of the premier trainers and guys you want to learn wrestling from. If you're trying to uh, learn your craft, you could uh, sit under his learning tree. That's for sure. Yeah, let me ask you about this. That's two count only, by the way. Two count. Uh, how many trainers are out there? Well, I mean, there's got. It seems to me like there's thousands of trainers out there because we get a, another guy in mlw and say well he was trained by so-and-so or he was trained by larry zabisco he was trained by scott hall he was trained by bobby Fulton. i mean there must be tons of them yeah i'm sure there are i mean 
you know, some of the, but a lot of those guys don't do it like full time forever. Like, I don't think, like, I know Dr. Tom, you know, Bruce's brother, he's probably one of the premier trainers in the history of the business, but I don't think he's like running a school 24 seven, you okay. know, Ricky Morton's got a school school of Morton. Does he really? Yeah. That reminds me, I have to call Ricky Morton on the phone. Uh, we should do it on Patreon. Do you yeah, we his, ought to. Do you need his number? No, I got his number. He he's called me twice, and I and I got and I I didn't see the call twice. He left me a voicemail message twice, so I need to call him. Well, you should tell him if he buys a shirt, you'll call him back. Okay, Doctor Jeff, uh, we understand you and your friends got some free tickets courtesy of Jim Ross. Is that right? Her. <laughs> I mean, is that, what, a, is about, that an Oklahoma thing? All t- you guys say, her? Tell me about Dr. Death's suit right here. I mean, not only does he have a white tuxedo on, but he's got a red bow tie, a red cummerbund. He's got tails on the tuxedo jacket, but that's not the best part. He's got, he's getting his fucking Mickey Mouse on. He's got Mickey Mouse gloves. Look at that. What the hell? What is this? Well, he probably said, I want to rent a tuxedo. And if you want to give me uh, gloves, I'm going to wear them as well. well here's what I'm saying. He looks though. like the guy's name is fucking Dr. Death. And he's out here dressed like a fucking Mater D magician. <laughs> That's right. You know and what? For my next trick, I'm going to pull somebody out of my ass. And for my next trick, I'll make my credibility disappear. <laughs> I'm Dr. Death, but I'm wearing white gloves like Cinderella. I didn't lose a shoe. I lost my career. Oh boy. Remember Another. When, remember when I was a badass last year? Yep. Came to Jim Crockett. They fucked it up. Gonna have to go to Japan, break my neck, then to the Southwest. Wanna get away? Uh, yeah, I wanna get away from this fucking promotion. That's what I want to get away from. How about this uh how about this thirty second static shot here? How about everything about this is a fucking piece of shit compared to two years prior? I was yeah. so excited about that eighty six episode. And now how about this? I don't understand when you have security, uh, man, everybody's tripping here today. Um, I don't understand why you have security that's six and a half foot tall walking Kevin Sullivan to the ring. They need to be like, first of all, they're with Rotundo and fucking Rick Steiner. He's fine. Right. Nobody's going to mess with the devil when Rick Steiner's there, who will put your own head up your own ass. I'm sorry, right. school board, but they've got this fucking giant fucker walking him to the ring that makes him look t tiny i don't know what makes uh, kevin sullivan look t tiny yeah i wouldn't do that like first of all he's already vertically challenged which is why you're right. trying to get small guys as referees but then when you have like a regular looking fucking dude not like a super athlete like a big old fat guy walk him to the ring they look t tiny well, yeah, I understand that, but I do know that they, they tried to find a security guy that was shorter than Kevin Sullivan, and there was none in Miami. Huh. Boy, See, look, uh, look, she's got the Dr. Death gloves on. Yeah, she does. That ain't all she's got on. My God, she's a beautiful woman. Woo! So here we have now Jimmy Garvin doing a little baby face. Of course, gorgeous Jimmy. The last time we saw him on last week's episode of What Happened When was a damn good heel. But now they're turning baby face here, and he and Ronnie are together. I have no idea who this ring announcer is, by the way. Well, there's the devil himself. He's going to be a star cast. Old old school board, not so much. Of course, uh, 
IRS, uh, he's not legally allowed to appear. Really? Did I mention that I have a uh, Rick Steiner's Michigan jacket? Yeah, you did. How about uh, of the ring right now? This is worth mentioning. All the talent in the ring. One guy's in the Hall of Fame. Who is it? Uh, the one guy who's in the Hall of Fame would be. I don't know. Who would that be? The ring announcer? Teddy Long. Teddy Long. Teddy Long. There you go. No, technically, Jimmy Garvin's in. He's a free bird. I forgot about that. Okay. But Teddy Long is the only one who went as a single, which is pretty fucking crazy because you got Ron Garvin, former world champion. Jimmy Garvin, of course, tag champion here for WCW. Rick Steiner, arguably one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. And of course, Mike, who I guess, I don't know that we've told this story. I know that Rick has, but I don't know that you have. Are you familiar with the story where Rotunda tore his sack climbing a fence? No. Oh, God. Yeah, he's climbing a barbed wire fence and uh, caught a little snag. Wow. Let's go back to Jim Ross on that note. All right, fans. I don't know what I'm doing outside. I just know I'm not fucking happy that old goddamn Tony Schiavone's on the inside and he's out there with Bob Cottle. I guess they put me out here as a fucking rib. Jokes on them. I got part of that money coming from Bill Watts. You see, I brokered this deal, lied about what Bill Watts was worth, helped sunk this company single-handedly, and once Turner buys it, I'm running his ass off to New York. You hear me? I'm talking about buy Tony Schiavone, take Lois, take your 19 kids, take enough cum to shampoo a water buffalo, and take your goddamn dog with hepatitis north and get the fuck out of here. Now, of course, we're seeing the replay here where the four horsemen have attacked Lex Luger. And as you see, Barry Windham can't get dressed up for shit. Not much has changed, even in 2018. If you get a four horsemen photo op, you get four guys who look like they're on their way home from an Amway convention and Barry Windham, who looks like he's selling fishing lures. Not much has changed here. You see, he got dressed up. He's in his underwear and a black leather vest, which in the context of a wrestling ring actually makes sense. But right here, it looks like he's trying out for the village people. Here we see J.J. Dillon. No, he's not putting Lex Luger to sleep. He's cutting his fucking forehead. And you got to have a big old sack of nuts to do that, which, of course, we know that J.J. has. Ric Flair famously named him Johnny Bench because whenever J.J. would be wearing one out from behind, all you could see was that catcher's mitt wearing her out, flapping away. And there we see Barry Windham. And now the Nature Boy puts the boots to Lex Luger. And I don't know if they're kicking him because they want him to give up his title shot or because he's keeping all the andro for himself. We'll be back after this. Spectacular. It's just what free, an angle. Freestyling. It's good better, better the second time around. Wouldn't you agree the angle was? Well, I mean, yeah, this is really television because, I mean, it feels like raw. You know, hey, guys, here's what happened 30 minutes ago. We're going to show it to you again. Yeah. I Not fussing. I mean, I understand why you do that because you're trying to get people at the top of the hour and the quarter of the hour and all that. Hey, by the way, this fucking shark cage they've got right here, WWE still has that. That one. Do you know who that was built by? Can I guess? Yep. Uh, Bill Klondike. Yes, it was. Bill Silowico built it. He sure did. Did I mention to you that his uh, his family emailed me? We haven't talked about this. No. Uh, I, I also got a uh, – tell me about the, the family email. All right. Uh, Chris, I'll save his last right. name, emails me and says, Hey, hey, it's Klondike Bill's grandson here. 
Conrad, I just wanted to drop you a line directly to tell you you're doing a great job with the podcast. I only listen to three podcasts and you can guess which ones they are. Next time you're in the Charlotte area, I would love to meet and chat with you. Maybe the next stripers or Knights baseball game, black man's thumbs up. Anyway, continue having a great time with your ventures and your overlock Rover in my book. And I know if Klondike was still with us, he'd be your number one fan. So keep it up. Thanks. And I look forward to hearing back from you. Okay. So Christopher sends me a text today as we're recording this. And when I read this, I'm thinking, oh boy, Conrad's going to like this. He said, I found these pictures, two pictures of Klondike Bill, right? I found these of my granddad while looking for the Mid-Atlantic Tag Team belts, which are in my attic. I hope you are doing well and staying busy. Are you fucking serious? That's what he said. Dear Chris. (laughs) (laughs) If you have Mid-Atlantic Tag Team belts in your attic, I want them. And they're probably really in your attic, unlike Tony, who's been lying to me for over a year. Dear Chris, rumor and innuendo is that you actually have tag titles in your attic, unlike my so-called friend, Tony Schiavone. Yeah. Who, as you know, is a tough shit, right? Fucked me around for over (laughs) a goddamn year. About a shitty six man belt. But mm-hmm. you, my friend, you, <laughs> my, fr- my friend, oh, have wow. the belt. Why don't you put, yeah, why don't you put that my friend in all caps? A true collector. I'm underlining it. A true collector okay. would appreciate. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, <laughs> might you be interested in doing a buddy deal? By which you would exchange said titles for United States currency. (laughs) All right. Now, Chris is going to know I stooge him off. But that's that. I also have the Michigan Jackets. From the Steiners that they probably no longer want me to own. It's it's the <laughs> If you're a fan of school board and ham cubes, <laughs> we gladly work a deal. Was this uh was this when uh if memory serves me right, was this when uh Dr. Death became a member of the varsity club? Well, we're going to find out in just a minute, aren't we? Yeah, he's there ringside. He's got his white gloves on. He's looking. He's, you know, he's uh, uh, watching this match go on. And, and I think eventually he became a member of the varsity club. You know, one from Syracuse, one from Michigan, one from Oklahoma. Well, what what, what exactly does Kevin, uh, Kevin Sullivan have there? Is that uh, instructions on how to do a seance? Uh, he's, he's calling out to Precious, and Precious keeps ignoring him. So I don't know what this is all about. Come See, here, look. my precious. Look, there's no lock on the fucking thing. They just closed it, it and you got a, a tight shot where there's literally no lock. Right. But yeah. of course, you know, being the, being, being the hand that he is great hand, he's going to work it. By the way, Kevin Sullivan, maybe one of the nicest guys ever. Yes. When we talked about Starcast, he's like, let's, 
let's go see a ball game while we are like, I'm going to be fucking busy that week. But <laughs> if you want to hang around till uh, Monday, <laughs> I'm down. Why can't we go Thursday? Cause uh, that's the fucking day. The thing starts. You'll have people. It'll be fine. You ever been to Wrigley? Uh, I don't know why I'm doing that. Like a vaudeville thing, but that's Kevin, man. I thought I was a big baseball guy. Not like him. He has uh, forgotten more about wrestling than most people would ever remember. I, I don't think Bischoff gives him a fair shot. Bischoff always sort of discounts his contributions to Nitro. And I know at the time, maybe Kelvin dabbled in some substance stuff here or there. But everybody who I've ever talked to, except for Bischoff, says that nobody knew how to book Heat better than Kevin Sullivan and credited him with a lot of the success of the NWO. Not the creation, but the fact that they kept getting heat and it kept building and building. Eric to this day still doesn't give him credit. Eric kind of uh, Eric is 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 becoming. Don't get me wrong; he'll admit when he was wrong on something, and he'll accept fault for something. But when it comes to whose idea was what, fucking everything was Eric's idea. He's like Bruce Pritchard now that he's got a successful yeah. podcast. Well, you know, you created these two monsters. I know. So there you go. I know. You know, they fucking interviewed Eric Bischoff for the New York Post the other day and Gary V sliding in his DMs and that show's just fucking blown up and I mean I don't even think he's gonna return my text messages in a few months. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'll always return your text messages. Yeah, I mean you'll just you won't answer my call and you'll text and say, Sorry, I got baseball. And then that night at like one thirty in the morning you'll be like, I'm on a nineteen hour bus ride to Chillicothe, Ohio. I got time if you need if you want to chat. In the next 19 hours to chill a coffee. Yeah. We're playing the Montgomery biscuits tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a different league. Motherfucker. Stop it. (laughs) All right. right. So we just saw the lock. It's actually on the bottom. It's not up top. When they're doing tight tight shots, the lock should have been in the camera frame. So it doesn't look like it's not locked. I'm sure people who thought that they put it down on the lower one. So it'll be eye level with Kevin. By the way, what's wrong with the Montgomery Biscuits? Is that even their name? Yeah, no, the Montgomery Biscuits are in the Southern League, and they're the Tampa Bay Rays double-A team. What's the difference between that and the Gwinnett Stripers, except one's in Gwinnett and one's in Montgomery? We are triple-A team. Oh. So double-A is uh, like what Arn Anderson likes, and triple-A is what the Hispanics like? No, triple-A is kind of like what you you would call us if you need your car towed. Okay. And the, okay. and those guys wear Mexican wrestling masks. <laughs> Meanwhile, look at this double team. Was you know Mike Rotunda was probably, you know, he could never find a gimmick that would stick, not his fault. But Mike was pretty underrated too because he was solid, wasn't he? He could do I, a lot of good things. I think Mike's deal is he he lacked the quote-unquote charisma or the promo ability. Um and I think I've, I've always felt that if Mike had, and I don't even think it's necessarily his fault, but if he had, he had like a heel manager for real, like one of those old school classic grant, if he was with Bobby Heenan, what would his career have looked like? Yeah, I agree with you know that. What I mean, Absolutely. Like, like Bobby Heenan made so many guys stars who had almost everything to be a big star, but he really added that extra little oomph to get them there. And I feel like he would have benefited a lot. Not to disparage Jimmy Hart, because I know Jimmy was there, but I'm saying 
you know, imagine if he was with Bobby in 86, 87, 88, 89, man, that would have been nuts. Of course, I think most people, myself included, still remember him mostly for IRS. Yeah, I, I remember him from the uh, U.S. or the USA Express. Yeah, mostly. And of course, now he's known as you know he's got two sons who are doing quite well in the business. Uh, and and I got to see Mike recently. It was good seeing him. Uh, I don't know what's in that. I don't know what's going on, but Kevin certainly wants. Precious to come over there to him. And we're spending a lot of time on this. So apparently it's a, it's a storyline that's going to move forward. And of course, they, you know, they did the Precious storyline. I guess maybe this is going to be the Precious storyline heading towards, wasn't uh, this a, uh, the storyline kind of heading towards, remember the Triple Tower of Doom that we had on an earlier broadcast? Yep. Remember that? We're going to see that in just a minute. Yeah. So there you go. So there you go. You awake? Did I, did I did I put you to sleep or did this match put? We're live from the James L. Knight Center in downtown Miami, Florida. You know, hooked to one of the uh, hotels down here. I think maybe either the Marriott or the Hilton. Well, why did you say a mile away? Because you just uh, you were just kind of staring down. You were looking down, and I wasn't sure that you had nodded off or not. Not at all. Sure. Why, I, why would I nod off? I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe because these fucking matches are like fucking thirty five minutes each. You know, Jesus. There you go, Teddy. Kick his leg. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, I'm a Hall of Famer. Boop. Kicking your fucking arm, man. Absolutely. If you would have thought that one of these guys in the ring was going to be world champion one day, wouldn't you have thought it would have been Rick Steiner? Yep. No question. Or. I, I almost would have thought that, as stupid as it may be, and maybe he had a silly gimmick, that, you know, and, and, and uh, Jimmy Garvin had a pretty good run, run with Ric Flair as well. Oh, I, I wouldn't Jimmy surprise Garvin me for a, Jimmy to get it. Jimmy was over in um, world class, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was. And I think he was over in the AWA at one time, too. What is on that fucking piece of paper? Come here. Order Chinese for me. Come I've here, got a list for the precious. boys. Come here, my precious. Gotta be. Jesus. I've got booking ideas for the new world order. We're going to get some heat and then get some tacos. <laughs> and then go to a baseball game at Wrigley. I've got a number over here. I need you to call it in on the socks. I want the socks plus one. Put me five dimes on it. Uh, Kevin Sullivan. God bless him. One of my favorite people. And I'm, I'm so glad I'm going to get to see him at StarCast. And not only that, I'm glad to go. I'm going to be uh, glad to see a lot of my friends there. Yeah, this and, is almost uh, like your coming out party. You know, you did that one big convention, NWA Legends Fan Fest, and now you're going to do another big convention here. You're going to be uh, around all your wrestling brethren. Yeah, I am. And, and listen, to, just to let you know, and I think you know this already, I am much more low maintenance in an event like this than a Bruce Pritchard or Eric Bischoff. Well, listen, I can speak to how low or high maintenance they are. I've done shows with both of them and I've done one with you too. So I think we're going to be fine. I, I know that I'll have some, some issues, but it, it won't be with you three. Cause here's the deal too. I think some of that uneasiness comes from, 
you know, when people are trying, you know, they're dealing with new people or whatever, and they're unsure, but I mean, right. I think by now you and Tony and, or you're Tony, you and Bruce and Eric know that I'm, well, uh, I'm going to try my best and I'm not going to intentionally make your shit look shitty. And I'm probably going to no. do the formats for all your shows anyway. <laughs> <laughs> here, well, here are you we're, fucking we're, fuckers. Go say this. This this is what they want to hear. Get it. We're your boys, man. We're your boys. We're your team. Hey, you know what? I don't know that me and you've talked about this, but I, we're spending way too much time talking about Starcast for people who aren't going and don't care. But oh well, fuck it. I'm the only like you're the only person I'm doing a show with. Like there's not a something to wrestle. It's a it's a roast. And there's not an 83 weeks. It's an NWO reunion and a death of WCW panel and a Monday night. War. Hey, Arn Anderson's calling me right now. Is he really? Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah. How about that? Wow. I'm not going to answer though. Cause he probably doesn't want to be on the show. Yeah. I'm sure he doesn't. That's odd. Kind of. I wonder if he's going to get heat for calling me. We've sort of joked about that before. Oh no, I'm, I'm a fucking sellout. I forgot I'm on the network now. <laughs> yes, you are. It's probably fine. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's, I got the memo. Oh, look at there. Varsity wow. club, my ass, Dr. Death in here defending precious. They're the white glove express. Well, now, now, you know why he's wearing white gloves. He was going to pick that beautiful lady up. <laughs> Garvin throwing that big chair in there again. No folding chairs. What man? I, I did not want to take anything with that, that chair. No, not only that, that chair can hit. A, a ring rope and spring back and hit you or hit somebody in the, in the, in the well, wait a second. A little dissension in the ranks. She is not happy with Jimmy Garvin. She's probably strutting that ass out of here looking for Michael Hayes. If I had to bet. Really? Michael no. Hayes? No. Maybe the Michael Hayes in 88, but not the Michael Hayes now. No. The only person who seeks him out now is me. Hey, Michael, <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? Michael. You want to come over and drink some Bud Ice, Michael? That's right. I got your favorite. It says ice at the end, Michael. Did you know that about Hayes? What, he drinks Bud Ice? He only drinks the like redneck horrible shit that says ice at the end. Well, he's the only one that I know of that would drink that shit. Seriously, like, he he came over to my house once and he's like, hey, man, you got Bud Ice. Is this for me? I was like, who the fuck else would it be for? That shit's been here for three years. Yes, it's yours. Hey, Bob, I'd like to know, do you like my haircut? Do you like the way that my hair is uh, combed right down the middle? It's kind of an 80s look for me, wouldn't you say, Bob? Kind of an 80s, uh, I don't know if you would call this actually a, uh, a mullet or not. Now, Tony, I don't know, but I'm still thinking about where Ricky and Robert have been, and I'm still thinking about where they would like to take me. Well, I have been with them. I was with them on the Super Summer Sizzler Tour, and just let me say that uh, it's not what you think it is, Bob. Uh, it, it is really not what you think it is. Yes, they get the women, but they're fence builders. What do you mean they're fence builders? You mean they build fences around women? Well, well of course, I, I just, you know, theoretically, they once they have relationships with women, women do not want to have relationships with anybody else is what I've been told. What the fuck are we doing now? Oh my gosh. Here was the, uh, the weightlifting exhibition from January of this year in the Greensboro Coliseum. And we see, uh, warlord here and the barbarian and man, they are wearing it out with the road warriors. Of course, Ivan Koloff is there as well. 
And of all the people who would climb to the top rope, the last person you would think it would be is Barbarian, but there he is. He's not looking for Tommy Young. He's looking for revenge on the Road Warriors. And now we're talking about the Tower of Doom, which we've actually covered before here on our Great American Bash 1988 episode. I need you to give us a play-by-play and describe what you're seeing here, Tony. Well, here you see one cage on top of another cage and a smaller cage up on top of that one. Now, it's going to be built with a with a floor on it, and these big fat-ass wrestlers are going to walk, and these big strong men are going to walk on the floor, and they're going to be scared to death. They're going to be shitting in their pants that something's going to happen and somebody's going to get hurt. And, Bob, I don't know. I've seen a... I've seen the scaffold match before, but this thing, it looks fucking crazy to me. But I bet you Joey Janela would love to be in something like this, don't you? Well, the only thing I'd like to say, Tony, is that uh, as long as the Rock and Roll Express let me smell their fingers when it's all said and done, I'm fine. And I'll go to Baltimore with you. What do we got? Oh, my God. Here come the scrolls from the Dead Sea. The look at Dead this Sea scrolls. Thing. This is the dumbest thing ever. You guys are saying that this is the original rendition of the tower of doom. And there's this weird parchment paper. And you're saying we have no idea where it's from. And you even say, maybe it's ancient China or whatever. <laughs> and then no. and then Bob Cottle says somewhere, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the tower doom came from China. That's what those you motherfuck- thought. Those you're motherfuckers like- in China can't book shit. Dude. The fucking old anti it looked like a goddamn treasure map, but it was a plan for like what was basically the Punjabi prison from the WWF. It's the Tower of Doom, the triple cage that we saw here, and then somehow stupidly again at Uncensored ninety five. But rolling out that old fucking paper, it's the highlight of the whole show. <laughs> yeah. No wonder JR didn't want to come in and do the commentary after that shit. This, this special international challenge match is scheduled for one fall with a 30 minute time limit. Introducing in the corner to our right, Seth Rollins, brother, Al Perez, by the way, Al Perez footnote in history. You know, I get that on the one hand, you're like, man, I don't know about this black scorpion shit. This looks goofy as fuck. I think this could be a career killer. I don't want to do it. I'm out. But then he doesn't do it. And his career is deader than Kelsey's nuts anyway. (laughs) Speaking of a career being dead, check this out, would you? Uh, Nikita Koloff went from being super heel to a fucking flat top. All in the span of two years. Arn left a two minute and 57 second message. I'm going to freestyle that that's a butt dial. Yeah. There's no, I mean, who leaves a three minute message unless he's trying to explain the, the blueprints that we saw of the tower of doom. (laughs) Maybe he was running through the plan or maybe he's just cutting a promo on, you know, some of his best promos were three minutes in length. I don't mean to say that if I was on that show with you and Tony Schiavone, that it would be the best podcast of all time. But if I could toot my horn for a minute, toot, toot. You see, when it comes to making fun of old shit that Jim Crockett booked, don't nobody do it better than double A. You hear me? That's it, buddy. And me, when me and Tony get together, we're not nice guys. We don't wear white hats. But if you would give me your spot, Conrad, not Bruce's spot, not Bischoff's spot, not Flair's spot, but your spot, 
that I could take what happened when to heights it hasn't ever been to before. That's right. People might actually listen. You see, you and Tony Schiavone have together developed a show that is so shitty, you have to convince people to give you money on Patreon. Because you ain't selling no goddamn ads unless you're here for a mortgage company or those stupid fucking shirts you sell. And the only reason people buy that shit is so Tony Schiavone will call him, and sometimes he's dumb enough not to block his number, and they just want to crank call his ass and set dog doo-doo on his front porch on fire and make Lewis, Lois's drunk ass stomp it out. But it's not like she would even notice because all the goddamn dog hair. Well, that's pretty true. And all that shit that he just said. This uh, this match had this match has absolutely no meaning to me at no, all. No, it's in the worst spot ever. You know, there there's such a thing as a popcorn match, and then there is a what the fuck are we doing with our lives match, and that's what this is. Right. You know, I, first of all, and I know that's not popular. But you look at Nikita Koloff from 86. I feel like I've said that a lot today, 86. But we just watched yeah. it last week. Nikita Koloff from 86 looks like the baddest yeah. motherfucker ever. And right here, he looks like a TV dad. Yes. Right here, he looks like he's uh, an extra on Night Court. Yeah, just uh, just absolutely went really. And and I, I don't know if it was this was, you know, b- back then, he, uh, I guess guys, you know, would control their own gimmicks to a certain extent. Their own look would come up with different things. But I guess he wanted to grow his hair like this. And then the uh, Crockett promotion said, sure, grow it out. What the hell? He looked way more menacing bald. Did he not? Oh, he was. He, there's Richard Simmons. In that's there. exactly. I swear. That's what I thought. I said, fuck, that looks like Richard Simmons. <laughs> well, he's cheering to keep Koloff on. I can tell you that. You know, Richard Simmons. Um. There's a podcast. Are you in the loop on podcasting about Richard Simmons? No. Really? No. Huh. It's called Missing Richard Simmons. Hmm. He dis- okay. He disappeared. And that's what they're talking about. Really? Mm-hmm. He like really disappeared? Yeah. 2014. He's been gone for four years? Um, well, I mean, he broke his silence in 2017, but I mean, he was out of the public eye for a while. Mm. Well, it's sort of I like know how you, that I is. Guess. I mean, it's sort of the, it's a similar story. You know, you, um, you disappeared and then I brought your ass out and made you do a podcast. And now you can't get enough of me. Motherfuckers. Patreon forward slash WHW Monday. You know what I just realized? What? Ooh, Richard Missy Simmons Elba. has the exact same haircut as great friend of the show, Sam Roberts. I'm not saying that they have anything else in common. Calm down. I'm just saying the fucking, the fro action, white dude fro. Yeah. He's got it. I didn't even, I didn't even, I don't know why I didn't put that together. There you go. I just had a glance. Separated at like, birth. That, well, not separated at birth. I mean, it's probably like his grandpa's age. Uh, I think one of the uh, more underrated guys in this match, if there's any underrated guy in this match, is Gary Hart. Oh, no uh, doubt about it. I mean, what a great promo. What an underrated talent. But again, you know, Nikita Koloff, Gary Hart, Al Perez, the Hall of Famer. I know. Your referee. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I, I, I And, you know, uh, is Ivan Koloff. God rest his soul. Is he in the Hall of Fame? I believe so. 
Okay, well, that's good. That's absolutely good. As you can see, the fans are not cheering here at all. Got to have a couple of signs. Nikita Koloff is the Russian nightmare, but the fans don't give a fuck about this. Not at all. No, I'm sorry. He's in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, and he's in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. But he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Well, again, I think he will be. I think it's one of those deals. He should be. Yeah. Wasn't he a world champion? I think the issue lately has been he was suing. Oh, okay. Well, and I know that a lot of people are like, this shouldn't matter. I mean, you can't celebrate somebody's career and give them a live mic when you're in the middle of a fucking lawsuit with them. No, you can't do. You're right. Absolutely. But so he'll go in posthumously. Okay. Well, good. Or as my dad says, posthumously. (laughs) Hmm. Which I guess is technically correct. Hey, by okay, the way, well, can I just tell you that um, my dad last week had enough Coors Light when I was over at his house. He started saying, so tell me about this convention. <laughs> and I started to tell him about it. And he said, so how am I getting paid in this? <laughs> <laughs> I had the same reaction. He, did. he said, I'm serious. Why don't I get some like Alabama guys together? And we talk about football and you sell tickets. I was like, this is for wrestling. <laughs> he's like, I can talk about wrestling. I got, I got you to watch wrestling when you're a kid. I'm going to do that podcast with you. And I was like, oh, you're going to do the one with me and Bruce. He's like, fuck no, I'll do it with Tony. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if Tony can do it, I know I can do it. <laughs> Bruce has got That's all so- these impressions. And I mean, Bruce is funny. I mean, if you were going to do a podcast with a Shivani, you should be doing it with his wife. What's her name? Lewis. I was like, no, Lois. He's like, Lewis is the funny one. You ought to be doing a show with Lewis. I bet you tell you that motherfucking Larry Thompson. I bet you wouldn't have to get people on Patron in order to give you money then, but you got to get them on that Patron. <laughs> tell you what, whenever I get your mama on Patron, well, that's why you're here. Roll Tide. <laughs> I hope this match is over. Oh, it's not. He kicked out. Why did he fucking kick out? Because Al Go home. Is here to ruin our life. Al Perez, this is only a, an hour and 45 minute clash of the champions, but an Al Perez Nikita Koloff makes you feel like it's WrestleMania four. It's four and a half hours. Oh, oh absolutely brutal. Oh, it's a slow uh, match. Grab a fucking headlock. There you go. Okay. Uh, I, I, something else hit me about this, this show too, that we talked about. We saw last week on what happened when 1986 and how great it was. And now we're watching this and it just doesn't feel the same. Do you know what's missing in all of this? Promos. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're not talking. You don't have to see Flair talk. You saw Flair talking a little bit to JR outside. You saw Ricky Morton talk a little bit inside. But that's it. You don't have any of the, any of the, the long promos that got you into it. And, uh, and that's what's missing. That's what's missing today. Give me a damn promo, man. Talk me into my seat. Talk me into the building. Talk me into turning on that channel and watching you. Was that Beth Flair again down there at ringside? I missed her. Mm. By the way, do you follow Beth Flair on Twitter? No, not at all. Don't. Okay. Because you just, I know know you're like, uh, I don't care about your politics. Right. I follow her and she's, uh, she's all about watching the network news. Is she really? Yeah. 
She's well informed uh, on the things she cares about. Yeah. So is Lois Shivani. She's. I think Lois and Beth would get along fabulously. Can we okay. make? Can we make that happen? No, we can't. Why not? No, we fucking can't. On what about if we did it on Patron? No, I don't want to do that. That's what I'm saying from now on. By the way, I'm going to say because Beth would say. Beth would say. You know, Tony went out with Rick all those times, oh. and you know what Rick did, and Tony was with him. You damn well better probably Tony got involved in that shit, too. And I, then I, I, I remember Tony used to come over to the house, and he'd say, Rick, smell my fingers. <laughs> and then Lois say, can we talk? And I say, no, we're not going to talk. We haven't talked in 30 years. Why the fuck would we start now? Why don't you get so Bonnie no. Steamboat on the line? So, no, Beth Flair and Lois Shivani ain't getting together. Okay. Uh, yeah, we need to make that happen. No, we don't need to make it happen, motherfucker. Hey, did Stop. You, did you ever meet Rick's first wife? Uh, yes, I met her at your house. Oh, I forgot about that. I meant like, <laughs> I meant besides that. No, no. Because <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Is man, you want to talk about two total opposites? He yeah. Went, he went from one extreme to the other on one and two right there, boy. Woo. Yeah, and of course I've only uh, you know met his wife, uh, first wife. Very briefly at, at the Super Bowl party, but uh, I didn't. Meet, seems like a, I didn't meet three or four. Uh, of course, you know five. Yes, I didn't meet three or four either. But which one of them beat him up? I think it was four. It might have been three. Okay. Yeah, it was four. Four beat him wow. up. My God! But you know, at the same time, when we're saying beat him up. I mean, he was just selling. You know, of course he was, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, he, he flare flopped and, you know, yeah, of he, course he, he did. Cause I mean, even now today when he walks around the house, he's got tape on his fingers just in case. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he tried to climb up on top of the couch and she grabbed him by the neck and he shook his head. No. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she still threw him down. <laughs> Let's just fucking roll the credits. We're not going <laughs> to. And she threw him down in the middle, okay? And he tried to beg off, and then she hit him, and he probably fell face first. And she threw him up against the the divan, and he went upside down. You know, shit like that. There is Richard Simmons, damn it. It does look like him. God, it does. You know, it has been, this is serious business now. It has been 30 minutes since I sent that email to Chris, and I do not have a response yet. Well, you know, you and I are doing this late at night, and most people sleep. Yeah, I you do understand that. that but don't see, you? you've you've given me a lead now, since you've clearly messed me around, and your son gave me false hope. I'm going to block his ass on Twitter. Oh man, look at there, the Russian sickle. Well, who was that that ran in the ring? What do you mean? Who was that that ran in the ring? Who is that? It ran in the ring. Who's the guy in the black? You're you're the commentator here. How do you not know who this is? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't know. It 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 either looks like it's Larry Zabisco, uh, like, dude. You, you, you that's mean, Larry Zabisco. Yeah, Larry was never that skinny. Well, look at his face. That's Larry oh yeah, Zabisco's that's him. Okay. Oh. I, I thought Larry always had a little pot belly on him. That it's, looks much skinnier than Larry. Well, this is when he had been working for Vern. He couldn't afford to eat. So he yeah, came he's, in he's, skinny. AWA was. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> well, thank God for Larry to put into this match. Would you agree? By the way, did you know that that's almost the name of Paul Heyman's ad agency? 
Paul Heyman's agency is called Looking for Larry. Really? Yeah. What's your God, it, I, 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 I couldn't tell that was Larry Zabisco. My God. It was super and funny to me because it's like you called fucking Nitro with him for five years. Yeah, but he always had those shitty ass shirts on. This is, <laughs> it is, I mean, that was always his gimmick, right? And now he's got he's wearing all black here. All right. Winner, Nikita Koloff. Woo. All right. Uh, we are going to also show you, everyone here, and thanks for sticking with us on, again, you know, we call them up. They're shitty shows. We get it. We like to have fun. Uh, Dusty and Sting uh, will be going for the World Tag Team Championship. We are going to see here a couple of things. We're going to see here why Crockett started to go down, because you would have non-finishes, right? But again, you're putting main event matches on TV, and so you're not going to always get a clean finish with a main event match on TV. And you're also going to uh, see why Dusty got a lot of heat, too. I guess it's worth uh, mentioning that Sting has only been a made man here for a few months, of course. Clash of the Champions, the very first one, went down in March of this year. We're here in early June. So just a handful of months later, and he's in the main event on another Clash. So... Of course, this is Clash well, 2. They're coming back from Clash 1 where he was on top with Flair. Now he's here with Dusty against two of the horsemen. And that's sort of what you're talking about. It looks like right. you know Sting's got the hot hand. Of course, the horsemen are involved in every major angle. And now Dusty just naturally inserts himself. And a lot of people would right. say that physically Dusty here had let himself go and was no longer the in-ring performer he was before, but the fans still react to him huge. What say you? I agree, especially in this state of Florida. Right. He was a major star in Florida, and this is where he would should main event. So, yeah, he inserts himself. He, he gets Sting hot. He was a booker, right? He gets Sting hot, and now he inserts himself beside Sting as his, as his tag team partner. Uh, and, uh, this is, uh, this is not too long before the brain busters, uh, took off for New York, right? Yeah. I mean, they're not going to be here much longer. Um, I think everybody around this time was sort of looking for a way out. I think a lot of people really thought, you know, this is going to be the end here. I mean, they're going to debut in, in October, uh, up North. They leave, I believe, on September 10th, if I have my timeline right. And this is June. So they don't have much longer before they're out of here, too, just like the Bushwhackers. Right. Well, uh, again, it's uh, Crockett Promotions is, is having problems right now financially. And it just so happens it coincides with the, you know, putting your main events on TV. Uh, and, uh, you know, Dusty's, I'm sure, right here feeling the pressure of, uh, being a booker and things going downhill and uh, he and Jimmy have moved on to Dallas, Texas by this time. They have purchased the UWF. Uh, and uh, so uh, things are not going well for the company right now uh, at this time. And uh, it's, it's, it's really, uh, I mean, you, look, you go down to Miami uh, and you got dusty roads in the main event. You can only draw 2000 people in Miami. Yeah. You know, sign, wow. sign of the times. Yeah, it was sign of the times. This is June of 88. As a reminder, Crockett sells in November of 88, right? I mean, they were on the verge of bankruptcy, allegedly. 
And uh, supposedly the number is like $9 million is what TBS buys them out for. Right. And they were on the verge of bankruptcy. They couldn't afford to make their payments. They they used to buy uh, – and, and I, I used to be involved in this. They used to make uh, – they used to have a diner's club card, David Crockett's diner's club card that would uh, uh, put all the uh, – all the airline tickets on and they weren't able to pay those bills and things weren't go, weren't going well at all. And all of a sudden one day, uh, their, uh, controller, I guess David Johnson said, you know what, we don't have any more money. And so they have, they have to sell it for, I guess a song and a dance. And I guess if you think about how much the company was worth in 1986 and you think $9 million, and I know it's the late eighties, but to me, that doesn't seem much. Am I right? Yeah, I agree. For your company's business, the business that your dad brought in, brought, nurtured, you know, just uh, couldn't keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. The Joneses being the WWF at that time. How crazy is it to think in hindsight that Crockett sells for $9 million, WCW sells for two? Yeah. How about that? And how much you think Vince has made off WCW? Uh, at least tenfold. Well, ten, yeah, absolutely. It has helped funnel his network, which has made him billions of dollars, which in turn made him more billions of dollars. Now he's he's hooking up with Fox. Good God, good God! There's a little stinger. He seems bored out of his fucking gourd. No, he's not bored. He's not as bored as he was during that Al Perez match. Yeah, I guess now they're Man, pretty excited look the, now. Look at the great little stuff that Arn Anderson does. I know we put his ass over all the time, but and if you want to be a wrestler, is there anybody to watch just the little subtle things that Arn does than anybody else? I think he's the best. Yeah, you know what? Arn, Arn had the aptitude for it. I, 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 I say this. I, there are guys, you can just watch guys who are working now and you can watch guys who were working back then who had an aptitude for the business. Arn Anderson had probably more of an aptitude than anybody else. I mean, I, I, I never thought, and, and this is not a, a slight on Lex Luger. I never thought Lex had an aptitude for the business. Right. Well, he, he had, he had a good look. He had an aptitude for lifting weights. Right. But, but Arn, like just the little things that you, I mean, I don't even think you have to instruct, by the way, watching dusty do this. Our great friend of the show, Mr. Dick Bourne, he absolutely hates when Dusty does this sort of the he, over the top. Does. Yeah. That's my favorite. And that's like the, one of the only things Dick and I ever disagree on. He hates when he's out there doing this almost cartoonish, um, pantomime stuff. And I fucking love it. It's my favorite thing. Dusty does. I thought Dusty's, you know, when he used to do the flip flop and fly and he would yeah. whip his arms around. I yeah. loved it. I did too. Like even right here when he stares at the punch first and then switches yeah. to an elbow Fucking Dick Bourne does not like that at all. I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, Dick Bourne is old school Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Yeah, even he, more than I am. He wants to see Dory Funk put on a two-hour spinning toehold. Right, and he wants to see Wahoo McDaniel and Johnny Valentine forearm, forearm, forearm each other to death is what he wants to see. I understand. I get it. I grew how, up in that how about, era. How about the figure four was an over move when he locked it on the, half the crowd stood up. Yep. Hell, it's still an over move. If you think about it, isn't that crazy? it's kind of isn't that crazy. Have you ever had the figure four put on you in real life? No, I'm not. Have you? Yes. You have Did to the champ. You? Put it on you. <laughs> no, 
I mean, as a kid. Oh, as a kid, (laughs) not as an adult, who's putting fucking figure fours on people as an adult. Well, you know, you get a couple of beers in you and you get drunk and you play, you know, and you're at the Conradison with all your, your funny, your, your funny friends. And all of a sudden say, Hey, put the figure four on me. Hand me a beer there, Cassio. Here, put the figure. Here, Judy Booty. Judy, a big booty Judy. Put the figure four on me. I'll sell for you. Yeah. And here, while you put the figure four on me, Judy, Cassio, drop an elbow on me. Okay. I can see that happening at the Conradis. It's never happened. But for the purposes of our story from now on, her name is Judy Booty. Judy Booty? <laughs> booty, comma, Judy. By the uh, way, they, they celebrated an anniversary recently, and um, I retweeted like their uh, reception photo or whatever. And half yeah. the comments were about, man, what is it with all these Alabama guys out kicking their coverage? Which I thought was great. <laughs> I hey, no one has out kicked their coverage like Jay-Z. No one. Oh, I, I would agree with that. I mean, Jay-Z is a, yeah. is a big, goofy, I mean, silly bastard. I mean, what a douche he is. But right. Yeah. He, he's where he wears yeah. like Tiva sandals with like the velcro right. straps, but he's got on the athletic socks with like the gray toes and the gray heels. And then he's yeah. got on like plaid cargo shorts and then like yeah. a, a Seymour snot gouge pro wrestling, indie wrestling shirt. And he wears a championship belt that says mad head game. Yes. That means what you think it does. And white Oakley sunglasses. And he's, and he's and, married to Chelsea and he's bald. Like yeah. n- not, not like his choice. He's just bald. I mean, that is yeah. the, um, I think somebody said online, that's the, I yell at my wife in public starter kit. <laughs> I mean, he probably has like a cell phone clip for his belt, <laughs> right? God. No, that's all real. Oh, I know it's real. I know. I met the son of a bitch. I saw him out the corner of my eye when I was passing out, dying in your, in your basement that one time. It's, it, it's really weird too, because you meet his wife and you're like, she's so sweet. Yeah. And, and you just think, poor, poor thing. She's got to be just like really, really dumb to be with Jay-Z. Right. And then you yeah, find that you right. find out she's a school teacher and you're like, I mean, does she just lack common sense? She's not clearly not dumb, but. How yeah. does this, ha- how does one wind up with J fucking Z? Well, it's gotta be kind of, uh, I mean, key big hog type stuff. You it's know, got, it's gotta be, I mean, that's yeah. the only answer. That's gotta be the answer. Or maybe he really did win that title fair and square. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Arn Anderson sells that as well as anybody, man. Why are we taking this fucking wide shot? Good God. What are we doing? That wide shot is not selling anything. I mean, you just see darkness all around and people sitting on the floor. That's it. If it was completely sold out, you'd have a good wide shot. What a buck. Hey, you know what I just realized? What? Tony Schiavone, who's on commentary for this show, will be at StarCast. So will Teddy Long, Hall of Fame referee. Yeah. So will Telly Blanchard. Yeah. And so will the son of the American Dream, Cody Rhodes. Wow. How about that? It's your main event. That is your main event, man. Absolutely. Except it's not Miami mayhem. It's uh, Chicago mayhem. Wow. Great double team from the Brain Busters. Of course, they weren't known as the Brain Busters at that time, but man, they were tremendous. You you had to dig what they could do, man. And again, I, stop with the fucking wide shot. Please stop. 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 Thank you. It's like you don't have another shot to take. 
Jesus. I mean, we've seen those wide shots now. We've seen two of those wide shots. Well, hello, young fella. Two of those could have been a young lady. Uh, two of those wide shots in the last 30 seconds. Stop it. DDT on the floor. <laughs> I just, I, you notice how I get pissed off about shitty production? Yeah. It's because in my heart of hearts, I'm a producer, Conrad. Not an announcer. I'm a producer. I want good TV. You understand? Well, there's good TV Friday nights on BN Sports, MLW Fusion. Mm. I'm proud to be part of that. By the way, did I tell you that uh, Barrington Hughes followed me on Twitter? How about Barrington, huh? I'm just saying he's like uh, he's like my my caramel brother. Yeah, man, he got Barrington's cool guy, man. I think we're gonna cool get cool guy. I have a lot of time for him. We're gonna get together one day and fuck up some buffets. <laughs> yeah. How about the one in Ackworth? <laughs> at, I'd go at in, the Shoney's. I'd go in there with Barrington. Absolutely. Go right in by and say, I want some ham cubes on the salad right now, motherfuckers. But I'm backslide sting. Watch Teddy, would you get down and count one, two? Oh, two count. All right. I'm kind of getting into this. I'm warming up for my next gig with MLW here. Getting warm. Tully Blanchard with a knee into the, the midsection. Sting looks in trouble here, Conrad. Reversal. Tully goes in. He goes up. Oh, my God. He stun gunned him. The stone cold stunner up against the rope. Get off of that goddamn shot. Stop it. Stop. Take two. Take take two. Take it now. Whew. Holy shit. I'm going to call Tommy Edwards. Say, Tommy, what the fuck were you doing? Jesus. And here comes the dream, man. Elbows. Everybody bumps for him. Even JJ, JJ doing the, they call that the hully gully that JJ would do. When you get on the rope like that, do the hully gully. It's his favorite. Yeah. And now Dusty is going to get ready to go home here. Big elbow should be able to cover, but we're going to have a disqualification here. Eventually all four men go in the ring. This always was a sign that something was going to happen when all four men are in the ring. Threw Teddy down. What the fuck? Ring the bell. It's over. So how do you think this was? Do you think this is a good way to end a clash of the champions? Well, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think they even really knew what they were doing here at the clash of the champions quite yet, just because this was only the second one. I, oh my God, here he comes. Or was that Barry Wyndham? That's Wyndham. Holy shit. I thought it was Flair at first because he had a nice jacket on. But Wyndham's got the claw. You know, that claw is pretty hell of a move there, uh, Conrad. Fuck you. Pretty damn good move. No, it's not. Oh, yeah, it is. Look at that. It's bringing Dusty down to the mat. Look at that. He's got he's got the fingers gripped into the temples. His look. hand is so big. It's across. The, and Dusty, look at D Dusty cannot get away from it. Look at that. That may be one of the best claws. I, that may be the best claw in the history of our great sport. Oh, my God. Look at that. Look at that claw, man. That's man. That's just right from his dad. That's from Blackjack. You know, Blackjack got that from Killer Kowalski. And, you know, he got that from Baron Von Raschke. And he got that from uh, that guy somewhere uh, in Texas. Oh, the Von Ericks got that from them. 
look at that. Dusty can't get away. He can't get away. This is this is uh, man. I tell you, this is reinventing the claws. What this is doing. Look at that, Dusty. Dusty still can't get away. And they're kicking. They're trying to kick Dusty loose, and he still can't get away. And with that, we're going to want you to join us for the main event Sunday at 5.35 p.m. Eastern time. Why not? Why not go off while they're kicking Dusty and promote the main event? No, we're not done. We're not? No. Coming back from a break. Well, of course we're not. I guess it's brought to you by Haynes Underwear. Which... Dusty Rhodes never wore Haynes underwear under his jeans. Klondike and Bill, on the other hand, may or may not have eaten some. Now, Tony Schiavone here with her sassafras. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad to be inside the building. They told me I could call the last match. Little did I know it was that shit show. I decided to just stay out in the parking lot. Called my agent. He didn't answer. Called Cowboy. He said, I'm fucked on my payday. So I sold him this territory. Now I'm getting fucked out of my money. But this guy right here thinks he's got job security. Ah! He's fucking out of here. Yeah, that's okay. In less than a year, I'm going to be gone here. Bye-bye from Miami. So, I'm glad to have mm. this shit show over. You know, we've covered Jeez. the first Clash of the Champions. Now we've covered the second one. Yeah. Uh, but what a stark contrast this was to last week's show. Your favorite cameraman here, Skeeter Brawley. Yeah. You got any uh, fun Skeeter stories? Uh, Skeeter passed away this year. Oh, I asked for a fun one. You told me he died. Thanks for all that. <laughs> the only, that's the only story I got. Skeeter's from Columbia, South Carolina. Are you familiar uh, with there's a Skeeter on my Peter? <laughs> Would you stop? No, I'm serious. That's uh, a Skeeter. Is that an Alabama thing? No. There's a Skeeter on my Peter. Whack me off. There's a Skeeter on my Peter. Whack me off. There's a Skeeter on my Peter. You never heard that? <laughs> you really never heard that? <laughs> There's a Skeeter on... Okay. <laughs> I told you. That was an Alabama thing. Or a Mississippi thing. No. But you know what it is? Louisiana. It's a we're out of time thing. Oh. Yes, we're out of time, and ladies and gentlemen, here in the main event of the Clash of the Champions, we've got some more time. It's going to be Killer Kowalski, Blackjack Mulligan, Baron Von Raschke, Barry Windham, and that guy from Texas. What's his name again? Oh, that Von Eric guy. In a 10-man tag team match against Big Booty Judy, we know her as Booty Judy, also Conrad, as well as Casio, Dave Silva, and any other motherfucker. Oh, Lyle Alzado, corpse, or Lyle Alzado's <laughs> ghost. <laughs> it's, I shouldn't talk about Lyle Alzado like that. <laughs> well, it's cool. there's We're a skeeter on Lyle's Peter, whack it off. There's a skeeter on Lyle's Peter, whack it off. There's a skeeter on Patron. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. And Tony, can I do it once? Yes. We're out of time. We got to go to Patron. Oh, this is old commentary ninja. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Slop Dick Theater. Coming to Patreon in July. And and
Would you please stop blowing that fucking horn? Thank you. And by dumb lady, not know how to count in French. I forgot how to count in French. Holy shit. shit. <laughs> um, I, how do you, how do you pronounce? Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> An old commentary ninja leave you with saying of day by Confucius. Confucius say man who fight with wife all day. Get no peace at night. <laughs> get it? No peace at night. <laughs> Carl, do you get it? Is this Tony Schiavone's podcast? How do you go about calling the police? <laughs> <laughs>